Can you chant the mantra a couple times for me? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So, Maharaj, what we're going to do. Uh, I think if there's a, if, if, can I get some chair? What about this chair? Yeah, that's fine. Just take that umbrella off. And uh, the floor is fine. Yeah, so please come. Okay, so uh, we're just going to have a conversation. You're highlighting, you're going to be looking at me as opposed to right into the camera. Okay. Okay. And um, uh, again, this will be coming from your memory, so you don't have to, like, uh, and if you tell a story that you want to say it in a different way, I got plenty of tape. We can repeat the story if you're not happy. Right, right, so good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm just I'm going to start out just asking you a couple questions and then from there we can go to your specific anecdotes. Yeah, and some few realizations if you want you can put them. Oh, on. oh, absolutely. That's what I'm looking for. I want to purport to the story what you got from that experience, yeah. which you've shared a couple times in a couple of your stories, which is good. Mm -hmm. So uh, to say, oh, I went on a morning walk uh, and Prophet didn't recognize me. That, that's a good story if you followed up with a realization that mm. maybe it humbled you or the, the guru yeah. is not uh, servant to the disciple, whatever your realization might be. That's just an, an example. Yeah, yeah. It may seem mundane without that realization. Mm -hmm. Right, good, very so good, yeah. I need the realization, otherwise it's going to end up on the editing room floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm, but some overall realization also, maybe about Prabhupada's Leela, his presence. Uh, that was at the end. Okay. That will, we'll say to the end, more kind of like a summing up of yeah. uh, what you got the most from Prabhupada's uh, presence or your experience or your realizations of Prabhupada. Yeah. Or what quality stood out for you. That's why I usually end most of my interviews with what quality of Prabhupada stood out for you of the 26 qualities of a pure devotee, you know, compassion, humor, whatever one meant the most to you that maybe you'd like to imbibe in your own life, or something that was meaningful to you that attached you and your love to mm -hmm. Prabhupada, what was that that stood out in his being? So that will end, or, and then with some of your other realizations, so we'll say that to the end. Yeah. So we're almost ready to start. Yeah. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamini Dhamini Namaste Saraswate Devi Gauravani Pacharne Niravishesha Shunyavadi Paschatadesha Om Ajnana Timiranthasya Ajnana Jana Shalaka 
Chakshurin Militam Yena Tatsmai Sri Guru Venamaha Nama Shreshtam Manamapi Shachiputra Matra Swarupam Rupam Tatsyagaja Murupurima Radha Kundam Gavivaram Amuradika Prata Yatsya Prapitaka Veda Sri Yatsya Prasada and Pagavat Prasado Yatsya Prasada Dhyam stubam stacha yashastri sandhyam dhande varam shri chakra. do you have a cell phone? Yes. Is it turned off? I said vibration. Vibration. Oh, vibration. Okay. I don't have a cell phone. There's a great shot here. I got prop out there, two places, and I got a little flower thing going oh, on. Oh, very there. nicely set up. It's so huh? uh, going to be a nice set for you. Very nicely set up. Very good. Johnny Goldblatt. All guys to shoot a Goldblatt. Okay, let's see. These are my notes here. Okay, so just look, uh, let me see your eye line, Maharaj, look at me here. Listen, keep focus right there, but I'm going to move the just to look at you. Good. Okay, good. First of all, thank you for coming. And Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Siddhanta Prabhu. I'm not recording this, but I promise okay, thank you. Okay, but yeah, yeah, I, I want to... Yeah, I really appreciate what you're doing, as you know. I, I, I know telling others also. So, um... Take me back. Let me just ask you a question. I mean, uh, say your name for me and spell it so I get the spelling right. Bhakti Vikasa Swami. Bhakti, you know how to spell that. Mm-hmm. Vikasa, V I K A S A, Swami. Good. Okay, and um, hmm. where, are you, where were you raised? Were you? I was born and raised in England. England? Yeah. I uh, was living in Ireland when I first read Prabhupada's book. So I, I, I've start, my new edition of My Memories of Prabhupada, I started off with a shocking line. One shocking in the sense that it's supposed to make the devotees think, how could that be possible? I opened it up with, I first met Srila Prabhupada in Ireland. And the devotees saying, well, wait a minute, Prabhupada, he didn't go to Ireland. And then in the form of his book, that's really... Oh, you're supposed to ask me a question. Okay, okay. Well, I was just curious. Because your accent, just for my... I have a pretty good ear, but your accent doesn't sound British so much. Well, I, I've i lived in India most of my life. Okay. And... Um, so it's kind of a mixture now. It's a real mixture. People can't work out where I'm from. <laughs> mm. Just curious. Mm. That's good. Because I remember when you spoke in Vrindavan. Mm. Was it 96 or two, 2006, maybe? Or Prabhupada's... Yeah. They're looking to come in. They can come in, right? Come in. You can come in. Come in. We're shooting, but I know I'm sure we're shooting, but it's all editable. Anybody else out there? 
Yeah, so you're saying in Vrindavan? Uh, well, that's when I first actually knew of you. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we've never, we've never met. Right, right. I knew and, of you. And <laughs> intimate. And uh, you shared your story about the second initiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When's the best time to chant your gachi? I'm very Morning. No, and evening. Um, and we might repeat that too. We'll see how that goes. Um, but take me back uh, in Ireland, I guess, when you first met Prabhupada through his books, mm. and maybe something about the what you know, were you searching at that time, or did he answer some questions through the books? That yeah. Um, actually, I first saw Srila Prabhupada in his form of his books. It must have been, I must have been about 15 or 16 years old. When my best friend at school, he, he showed me some books of Prabhupada and said, Hey, I, I met some Christian devotees in London, because I live just outside London. And he showed me these books, he was very eager to show them to me. And my response was, I know about these Indian Swamis, they're all cheaters, I don't want to see the books. So... I got battered around a bit more by Maya. I, I actually, although I had been a big reader in my childhood and youth, I, I, at one point I just got so fed up of reading all these people I didn't like to read. I st I'll tell you a funny story. I don't know if you want to put it in here. but um, I had not read any of uh, this Herman Hess books, but I read Siddharth. That was the last book by a mundane author I read, although I've read some since I read Prophet's books. But anyway, I was reading that, and uh, it kind of leads up to a finale. It's a spiritual search, and then it comes at the end that then he realized he was Agni, and he was Indra, and I was just so disgusted. I was on a boat sailing from Wales to Ireland, and I was sitting on the deck. It was in the middle of this Irish sea. I was so disgusted. Oh no, another, no proper conclusion, just all this, I didn't know the word at the time, impersonal mush. I was so disgusted, I just threw it in the sea. And I thought, I'm not going to read any more books. I thought, then after I thought, okay, from now on I'll only read if there's some scripture, something which is really authorized. So I had the New Testament and a copy of the Quran, but somehow I didn't get that much out of them. Then I saw it in. Uh, house I was staying in in Ireland a copy of Krishna book and it said it's from the ancient Srimad Bhagavatam so I realized that's um, a scripture and uh, the person who got the book you know people they read the book and they fold the page on the page they stop reading on so I opened the book and it was folded on page one <laughs> so I asked could I read it he said sure sure yeah. <laughs> So I read it, and um, some years before I'd been in a room where the TV was on, I was reading a book, I wasn't watching TV, but something came out, it must have been in 73, because um, it said about the new Krishna temple, and I remember the name of the village, somehow or other I remember the name of the village, I don't know how, Lechmohi, and uh, I didn't take much notice of it, but somehow it stuck in my mind that there's a I wasn't even watching it, but there was a Krishna temple in Lechmohi. I said it was near to Watford, so that's where my father. So anyway, I read this book, 
and I didn't understand much, but in the book it said, Prabhupada said, you should ch chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So I started to do that a little bit every day. I was just reading one chapter a day. I loved the book, but I had this idea. I didn't want to finish the end of the book. So I was just reading one chapter a day. Then I finished it and I thought, okay, well, it's good, sounds good. And I know they have a center near Watford, which is near my father's house. So what do I do next? I thought, well, I don't want to go, because I, I don't believe that there can be. Actually, any people who are really serious about God or spiritual life but then I thought yeah I should go because I should go and see so I left and I went to England I went to my father's house I found the phone number in the phone book I phoned up and said can I come over and they said now there's not about Prabhupada but anyway I'm just not directly but actually it's all about Prabhupada so what in the book made you keep reading it because you were kind of like put off by spiritual things, right? No, well this is scripture. Oh, you, oh, you accepted I accepted scripture. So scripture that okay. it's, I, I didn't want individual people's speculations. Mm -hmm. But this is scripture and I read it. And Krishna book, um, there's a lot of philosophy in it, but I, I couldn't understand much about what it was. But I read it and, and I... I understood this is scripture and uh, all you know, reincarnation is there. I understood that must be a fact because there must be God and this idea that you have one chance and then it's all finished doesn't make any sense. So, okay, so, so take me to when you first met Prabhupada. Was it in England? Did he come to the manor? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd been in the temple for maybe about three or four months. And Prabhupada was coming. And you know what it was like in those days. I mean, Prabhupada was like everything. Prabhupada, 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 all the time. Prabhupada cassettes playing, lectures, kirtans, really absorbed in Prabhupada. Prabhupada said this, Prabhupada said that. So, um, so we went to Heathrow to meet Prabhupada. And somehow, <laughs> I was with a group, we went to the wrong terminal. So, we missed Prabhupada actually. So it was like all this excitement, we're going to meet, we're going to see Prabhupada. And then by the time we got back to Bhaktivedanta Mana, we were told that Prabhupada's sick and he's not coming down till tomorrow. So it's like another day to meet Prabhupada. And then I was waiting at the bottom of the stairs with uh, the whole manor was packed. There were devotees from all over Britain, all over Europe. I was waiting at the bottom of the stairs to see Prabhupada. First time to see Prabhupada. And waiting and waiting. The temple was packed. I was outside and then Prabhupada came down the stairs. And uh, he was, I believe, you know how memories, they they may cheat you, but as far as I remember, High Case was there, Brahmananda was there, there were big-bodied American devotees, and Prabhupada was there, and like many other devotees, my first experience was how small is Prabhupada, because he speaks so big, 
he, what he speaks is it conquers the whole world and absolutely fearless and totally authoritative and my first impression of Prabhupada was just lasted for you know a moment was how physically small he is but he was definitely the boss he was walking down the stairs and Pramodana Harikesh, other big body devotees who in their own right they were the boss also when they were there with others but with Prabhupada they were extremely reverential and that was no Prabhupada was very grave and everyone was extremely grave the the whole temple usually we hear like when Prabhupada's coming it's very blissful but my memory was it was so grave it was almost tense and in retrospect I'd never been in such a grave situation I mean I've been a Catholic altar boy at many funerals and there's some formal gravity but you know once the ceremony is over everyone's laughing and joking and this and that but it was really grave and with a lot of awe for Prabhupada and in retrospect also I didn't think it at the time but in retrospect we were all from a hippie background and we didn't follow any of I mean that was the whole thing right you don't follow any authority but everyone respected Prabhupada so much and it, it wasn't out of then of course he wasn't out of physical power but he commanded so much respect and another thing is everyone was very grave but Prabhupada was more grave than everyone else put together and that's maybe why everyone else was so grave and really in the presence of Prabhupada I mean, he, he wasn't deliberately trying to do that but just naturally just, just holding the whole what is that? Tomara Hridaya Shadar Govinda Vishram Krishna's in his heart. And that, Prabhupada was aware also. I, I mean, I'm just, you could say, not exactly imagining, but um, yeah, Prabhupada, he was aware that he was the person who was giving Krishna to the world. And what a grave responsibility that is. And representing all the Acharyas, Prabhupada is very aware of that. And we also, in our own way, were aware of that. And why I say Prabhupada's gravity was more than that of anyone else was because Prabhupada's realization was more than all of ours put together. Whatever we had was coming from him. So, yeah, and so, um, naturally when Prabhupada came into vision, everyone bowed down. They started bowing down before I saw Prabhupada because he was coming down the stairs and some people could see him before I could. But I, I decided I'm, I wasn't against bowing down but I wanted, I, so I'm just going to see Prabhupada for a moment and bow down. I'm going to have a good look. Bodily You can see the spiritual master with your eyes. So yeah, I looked and then, but then I, you know, I was up for a half a second more than anyone else before I knew I have to bow down you know, so I bowed down and then by the time I got up Prabhupada was just entering the temple room and a devotee was taking off Prabhupada's slippers which was you know when you knew in the moment there's so many things which are new I hadn't seen this one before 
and I was surprised by that, how the devotee is taking off the step. But I took it as something new, something I have to learn. Um, quite different from the culture we were raised in, but but such a, such reverence and such respect. And again, Prabhupada, he didn't demand that, but devotees, they just, because of that genuine connection with them, they, they automatically picked up that culture. It's not like we thought now we have to be Hindus and we have to follow some Hindu culture or something like that, but just what what is the original Hindu culture, what they call Hindu culture, is the culture of the spiritual world where all these things come naturally. So it's natural to serve a great personality in the most humble of ways. And devotees were doing that for Prabhupada. And they, they, they could not fail to do so by Prabhupada's grace because he didn't infuse them with Krishna consciousness. So it's all part of being Krishna conscious is to Mahat Seva to serve the great persons. So Prabhupada entered the temple room and I eventually squeezed in there. It was already full and got fuller and fuller and fuller. And Kirtan was going on in the temple room and Srila Prabhupada came in. Actually, the Kirtan stopped because everyone bowed down. And then they got up and Govindam prayers, the, the recording of Jamuna Devi, and Again, the, the, the devotees got up and the kirtan didn't begin again for, for a little time. It may not be... You know how it is in these times. That a short time may seem like a long time. When, when something of that import is going on, then a long time can seem like a short time and a short time can seem like a long time. Time dilates. So, again, devotees got up and it's a lot very, very, uh, almost tense, almost tense. Uh, Prabhupada wasn't displeased or any such thing, but devotees were in such awe of him. That, that's my impression. Someone else might have been there and had a different impression, maybe because I was, maybe, maybe because I was awed myself, and Atma Van Manyate Jagat, you think, that everyone else is like you, but that that was my impression. Another interesting thing is, and you'll have probably got this with your recordings, is that that uh, what I I remember some things that doesn't seem anyone else remembers them, although so many devotees must have been there. Maybe some small detail. I, I'll tell you some of that later. Oh, yeah. specific instance? Specific incident. Yeah. Oh, well, we could tell it now. Okay. If it's better for you to do it chronologically. Chronologically? I'm not even sure what's chronological okay. because yeah, you yeah, know yeah. how it all gets mixed up in the memory. Yeah. I, I, I saw Prabhupada twice in England in 75 and 76. There were two visits. Okay, hold, hold on one second. Yeah. Just make one You're doing great. This is really good stuff. Mm. Good realization. Mm. I'll tell you if I need water.
Well, he, here's something. Um, that first time I had Darshan of Srila Prabhupada, along with so many other devotees, so many other, I'm not a devotee, but with so many devotees, um, Srila Prabhupada came in from America, I believe it was, and then uh, he was sick, or we should better say he was exhibiting the pastime of sickness, pure devotees, not sick. And then he came down the next morning and gave a class, and it was a very philosophical class. And there was, uh, well, that was it, and then he left and went to Bombay. There wasn't, like, you might expect there's some in interaction with Prabhupada, and Prabhupada is maybe joking a bit with him, but the whole visit was, Prabhupada came out in public briefly, spoke a class, it was very grave, and the whole atmosphere was very grave. What did you take from that? Because you were expecting more interaction with the devotees? No, actually a lot of what I'm saying or realizations are in retrospect. At the time, I, I really feel that my whatever understanding or appreciation of Prabhupada I had, it really increased actually after Prabhupada left. I think uh, as we go on chanting and trying to serve, that our realizations will be deeper. My realization at the time, I mean, I was, j I was just trying to learn what what Krishna consciousness is, what the relationship with the, with the Guru is. Another thing is, we didn't talk that much about relationship with the Guru at that time. It's uh, a relationship with Srila Prabhupada. It was just clear that we're all here to serve. And uh, that's it. That's, that is the relationship. We're here to serve. Hear and serve and learn. Everything's very easy. Prabhupada's with us. Prabhupada's taking us back to Godhead. Everything was simple in those days. We weren't so complicated, right? <laughs> At least it seems like that, of course. That's from the perspective of a... I was a newcomer. There were complex... There'd been a lot of politics at the manor previous mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't hear anything... I didn't know much about it. I mean, people talk about it, but... Uh, right. didn't affect me. Good. Yeah. To your benefit. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's do this number two now. Oh, there was one other thing I was going to say. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I just said it. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the number two. This incident with the bead bag. That uh, I, I don't know anyone. Uh, start, start from the top. Of the. Uh, I was able to attend both of the public darshans. Yeah, you had to say the you know, Yeah, yeah. Give me a beginning of the story. Where were you, perhaps? Uh, this must be in the in the second visit, because Prabhupada didn't give any darshan in the first visit. And Prabhupada, he stayed... Obviously, you can look it up and find out, but it was about five days in England at that time. So Prabhupada gave at least two public darshans. Yes, Sunni Maharaj started with 
the second time Prabhupada came to England. Yeah, it was seventy yeah. summer of seventy six. I okay. believe it was June seventy six. Uh, well, of course, it wasn't the second time Prabhupada came to England, but the pre- second time since I've been in the association of devotees. That okay, came. so say that again. For me, so it's I was interrupting. I was speaking, so I'm okay. sorry. Okay. Um, Srila Prabhupada came again in, 19, in the summer of 1976 for about five days to England. For me, it was the second time of Darshana Prabhupada. Um, and during that time he gave at least two public darshans. One was the famous uh, interview with the London Broadcasting Corporation with Mike Robinson in which uh, Srila Prabhupada afterward he said this should be transcribed and published because he said 90% or 95% of our philosophy is in there and that appears in the science of self-realization. Mike Robinson was a, uh, a professional journalist, London Broadcasting Corporation, some small radio company with a big name. <laughs> but uh, he was very respectful to Prabhupada, which we, at least myself, I didn't expect so much because we were out on the streets daily distributing Prabhupada's books and we, we didn't expect people to be very respectful towards Krishna or Krishna consciousness. But this man was very respectful and Prabhupada offered twice that you can sit on a chair uh, but he said that he, he accepted to sit on the floor like all the disciples of Srila Prabhupada yeah so the room was full of devotees I was present there also and that interview went on Prabhupada he took a risk respectful role this Mike Robertson and Prabhupada treated him or the way he spoke to him in, in a very authoritative way almost like an inquiring disciple seemed to me like that Prabhupada is very definitely the authority who's speaking spiritual knowledge and Mike Robinson was inquiring in that he, he wasn't inquiring like a superficial reporter just trying to get a story but he was, uh, he was actually, you can see from the questions he was asking when uh, the nature of the, the soul and then when Prabhupada quoted Najayate Mriyate Vakadachin and the rest of the verse then uh, Mike Robinson asked about the scriptures and Prabhupada explained about the scriptures uh, during that interview, or while, just while it was being set up, I think before Mike Robinson came in Prabhupada was talking to Mukunda Prabhu at that time and uh, Mukunda Prabhu was very soft spoken and, uh, but uh, when I saw him interacting with Srila Prabhupada, Prabhupada was speaking to him and obviously Prabhupada knew Mukunda and trusted him even you know, a little, slightly chastised him a little bit or expressed a little annoying I, I could understand at that point that actually Mukunda was a very senior devotee with a very uh, intimate personal relationship with Prabhupada. I didn't know. He wasn't pushing himself forward or any such thing. So, I, I, and maybe no one had ever told me because maybe, I don't know, but I learned at that point that he was, Prabhupada knew him and trusted him and uh, was very intimate with him. So, yeah, um, one incident during one of these darshans, not the Mike Robinson darshan. Actually, there might have been three now because I remember I was sitting in three different places. But like I say, the 
memory gets fuzzed up in course of time. Okay, let me, let me stop you one yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Lakota thing really is not so relevant to me. Okay. Uh, but let me just get to your conclusion about the, the reporter. Uh, was there a, a realization that you got that that Prabhupada treated everybody according to how they... In other words, you said Prabhupada was treating them as a disciple almost. Almost. Because his questions were inquisitive. Yeah. As opposed to... Uh, superficial. Superficial, yeah. just for an article or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Typical, why do you have tea like right, 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 right. Those kind of questions. Yeah. So, uh, did that impress you? I mean, was... Oh. What struck you about Prabhupada and uh, in the, in the way that he treated this particular person maybe perhaps more than your typical uh, reporter or that he would then relate Prabhupada in the course of my interviews over the years I've seen that Prabhupada relates to people in different ways sometimes right. he would shake someone's hand if they extended their hand or right. he would say hello I, I'm going to speak about that in, in relation to another anecdote another just in a minute story. yeah okay um, but what I'm looking for is maybe because that's a nice historical kind of thing mm. that Prabhupada had this meeting with this reporter. Uh, but can you give me some glimpse of Prabhupada's quality uh, in his interaction with this uh, report, inquisitive reporter, mm. or in the way that he treated him, or what what was revealed in Prabhupada's qualities? A, a great person, or you know, what struck you about his ability to talk to an outside, supposed outsider, as opposed to a direct disciple? Did anything strike you in that way about Prabhupada? Well, I, I, I said that um, that that did strike me. I was I was somewhat surprised that Prabhupada spoke in in that way. Srila Prabhupada knew, or he was the dispenser of the truth of spiritual knowledge and he was I, I can't say what exactly what Prabhupada was thinking or I wouldn't presume to say that but he, he definitely took the role of a spiritual teacher that this jiva is sitting before me and he's inquiring and I'm going to tell him he didn't you know he didn't try to entertain the person or or to uh, it, wa it wasn't just being nice to him but here's a person who's inquiring and he gave it and, and took the position of a teacher good that's actually I'm just leave that little button there okay so the kind of thing I don't need so much but okay. tell me about the feedback yeah the feedback now this is an incident which I, I I don't know if anyone else has told that or even remembers it, but I, I don't think it's just a confabulation of my mind. Um, yeah, I, we're all in the uh, darshan room, and you know Prabhupada's darshan room in the manner. Okay, excuse me one sec. Yeah. Um, There's some noise. It's, yeah, it's Sir's son, I think, is doing some rock and roll there. Let me see if I can tone that down just for a minute.
Oh, I should get that book. Bhagavad Gita, the song divine, Carl L. Woodham. That's Carl Akanta. I can, I'll be seeing him in uh, Gainesville. Okay, John. <laughs> What's that? What about it? Uh, you want to borrow this book? No, I'll, I'll purchase one if they have one in the shop here. Do you want to make a note of that? I have to purchase that book. The Song of Ireland by Carl Woodham. I'm collecting all different copies of Bhagavad Gita. I have to. But the uh, music stopped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you must have. You just knocked on the door. Yeah, he's not he's not the, he got the message. Music, it's called music. It's, it's more like something. Okay. Externally induced headache. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. So, um, let's start again about the, uh, the beadbag story. Where were you? Again? Yeah, uh, it's, I, I was in Srila Prabhupada Darshan room, and it's it's a really impressive room. About maybe a uh, hundred devotees were in there. Srila Prabhupada was sitting uh, on his Vyasa Well, it's not exactly a Vyasa Sangha, special seat, raised seat. Um, now, just to Srila Prabhupada's right and a little in front of him was a devotee who, at the time, I mistook to be one of his personal servants, but it seems it wasn't. Must have been senior devotee of sorts um, who had his japa beads around his neck and he was chanting like that when Srila Prabhupada noticed that he asked him where is your bead bag and the devotee said well it's being washed Prabhupada and then Prabhupada turned as far as I remember to High Kesh Maharaj although it might, you know, like I say, things get mixed up. And he said, Prabhupada said, so um, some bead bags have been given. And Prabhupada indicated to the next room. And Harike said, yes, Prabhupada. And Prabhupada said, well, bring one and give it to him. So Harike, as I remember, he may not remember, or it might have been someone else, came and brought the bead bag. Prabhupada said, give it to him. And then Prabhupada told that devotee, he'd been chanting like this, that always keep your beads in a bead bag. He said, you should have two bead bags, and when one is being washed, use the other one. So that was a small instruction, but it's important. In the early days of the movement, we hear the devotees would keep the beads around their neck, but later Prabhupada introduced more rules. That also struck me at the time, I, I may not even be aware of it, it might be like at sub, some subliminal level, that even though uh, these devotees were senior devotees and this was in public among so many devotees I was just, you know, I was a kid literally, I was 18 years old which actually the average age was only about 20 or 21 anyway but I was very new in, oh, 76, no actually I wasn't so new at that time but, um, but anyway, compared to the big guns, I was, you know, I was definitely a small fry. 
But Srila Prabhupada didn't have any hesitation in treating them in a way that in our culture a parent would treat a small child, it seemed to me. Prabhupada was in charge and he was teaching the devotees. Like a parent teaches a child, uh, even even in a way that a, that a parent treats a small child. And, and, you know, don't do that, don't be naughty. That's an impression I have. Okay, um, let's, we can then finish some of you know, your specific stories and then we'll go down to things that may have come to mind uh, you know, since you wrote this down. Um, the next one I have here is this, uh, about an Indian company. Yeah, right, I was going to speak about that, how Prabhupada changed his demeanor. Okay. In, in one darshan, uh, room was again very full, Srila Prabhupada's darshan room at the manor. And Srila Prabhupada was speaking as the dispenser of the Absolute Truth, speaking to his disciples, uh, very authoritative. And then a young Indian couple came in. As far as I remember, they had a child carrying a baby. And Srila Prabhupada noticed them come in. The room was very full. Uh, Srila Prabhupada immediately noticed them and he spoke to them, but his demeanor changed. He was still elderly and superior, but he was no longer talking to disciples. He was speaking like a welcoming host. He treated them quite differently, that these are our guests and we want to make them welcome. So he asked them, please come in. And uh, they didn't stay very long. They just wanted darshan. Darshan, period. They just wanted to see, they came in, bowed down and went out. Uh, but when they went out, then Srila Prabhupada said, give them some prasadam. So I noticed that Srila Prabhupada was concerned that they get some prasadam. And then, after they left, again, Prabhupada, his, the way he, he dealt with or spoke with these people and the way he spoke with his disciples was quite different. He dealt with people differently but he wanted to bring everyone to Krishna so he, he interrelated with people in a manner that they could receive Krishna from him the best, the most he could give them There must be a bathroom here, restroom okay. as they call it in America. You want to use? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Ah, hold on, hold on. You don't have to take it off there. Oh, you can just we'll just unplug here, and then you can okay. just get rid of that with you here.
reflecting that? No, I was just trying to cover the outlet. No one's going to know it's up but me. There were two outlets on the wall that looked a little ugly. Yeah, I see. Not so attractive. I'll just move things a little bit. Are you from LA? I came from Phoenix. Phoenix? Who is running the temple there now? Uh, we don't need temple because it's very new. I mean, it's a famous house to be Okay. How can you go? Temple of Ramakumar. Okay. Things going all right? Yeah. Sunday feast? Yeah, Sunday feast pretty much. <laughs> I own a house in Queen Creek. Oh, really? You know where that is? Yeah, I know. Do you come out from there? Kind of a depressed area, real estate wise. Yeah, true. I don't to come back. Phoenix is where all the trouble started. Yeah, they, they built like crazy around 60. Yeah. It's like, they overbuilt. Want, yeah, overbuilt. So, like, way above the demand. They thought, like, this will go and will make millions and the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's very depressing. In Phoenix, I mean, I used to start 10 years ago, so it grew so much. It's like a fifth city in the United States. Well, the weather people from the East Coast. Yeah, Boston. Right. Yeah, up on North East, you know, now. Yeah, they were thinking Queen Creek was going to be like Chandler. Yeah. You know, Chandler used to be farm country. Yep. Yeah, it's just malls and houses, schools. Yeah, the only place, I mean, thing is that a lot of Indian reservations mm-hmm. in the of town, and that's why there's no construction. Mm-hmm. And now it's a good thing for otherwise the whole place. And then let's change construction. All right. 
Okay, so one. Thank you. Mayapur Festival, 1976. I was uh, one of the rank and file devotees. Nowadays, by default, I'm <laughs> somewhere in the uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, if there's any word you can say that people won't criticize. Anyway, I was one of the rank and file. The start of yeah, that didn't go very well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mayapur, 1976 festival. I was uh, one of the majority, the rank and file devotees. So um, I just saw Srila Prabhupada in the classes. Saw and heard. That was our main duty to hear Srila Prabhupada. Um, now in one class at the beginning Srila Prabhupada seemed the devotees were a bit hesitant to chant the verses but Prabhupada encouraged him he should chant he wanted the devotees to chant the verses not just one or two times he wanted several devotees to chant the verses so I I like that because I like to chant the verses so it's something Prabhupada encouraged us to do. Um, I like to learn verses. Now, during the class, Srila Prabhupada said, uh, I, he thanked all you American and European boys and girls for taking so much trouble to come here, which touched me. Prabhupada didn't have to say that. He was thanking us for coming, where we should be thanking him for bringing us here and making facility and for everything. Then Srila Prabhupada said in the lecture, but you will be actually benefited if you take lessons from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Sanatana Goswami. Now I understood from that that Prabhupada wanted us to not waste our time in Mayapur and be frivolous and to really be serious about hearing and chanting there. But at the same time, I wondered, how am I going to take lessons from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Sanatana Goswami? And then later, maybe I can't remember, quite some time later, I realized that hearing from Srila Prabhupada speak on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his instructions to Sanatana Goswami, that is the way that we learn from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Good. Yeah, I'm going to lose just your mic because it's rubbing a little bit on you. Oh, it's actually as yes, he talks, so nothing goes wrong. Anyway, it's on. Probably said that. The mic's not good. Do you want me to say that? No, 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 it's fine. It's just, you know, probably nobody else but me said it. It was just rubbing a little bit on Oh, it's just chatter thing. Background noise. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I happened upon a darshan in Prabhupada's room. I was uh, just, I don't know 
what I was doing. Somehow or other, I happened to be up there, and I, I realized there was a darshan going on. It was a general darshan because devotees were just hanging out the doors almost literally. I looked in, and it wasn't any. I don't think there were any big shots in there. So I thought, well, I can go in too, and there was no space to go. But anyway, I went inside. But it was almost the end of the darshan. But the the atmosphere is quite different to the classes where class very grave and very formal but Prabhupada was just happy to be with his disciples and they were happy to be with him maybe they Prabhupada didn't know them personally in the way that he knew his servants his GPC men he was just, Prabhupada was just so happy and all the devotees were very happy and I can't remember what was being said it might even have been like some transcendental small talk and then uh, Anakadundabi Prabhu, who's the British Pujari, very tall. He was living in Mayapur, and he came with a plate of the afternoon fruit offering, huge plate. And he was just standing at the door, or maybe it was even I seem to remember it was after dark. Anyway, he had a big plate of fruit prasadam. He was standing outside the door. And Prabhupada somehow looked over and he eventually, because Prabhupada was sitting, at just the door was exactly to Prabhupada's left, so at some point he's, he didn't immediately see him. And then he asked Anakodun, he'd come to bring the fruit to Prabhupada, and Prabhupada said, Why don't you come in? And Anakodun would be saying, how can you get in with a big body and big plate of fruit and so many people and then Anakadunabhi said well I'll just give the I'll just give everyone some prasad when they leave and Prabhupada immediately a big smile said they will never leave <laughs> all the way said Jai Prabhupada and then everyone knew it was time to leave <laughs> and they got up that classic you know Prabhupada sitting on his classic pose Prabhupada sitting on his dadla what do you call that uh, his seat on the, the floor yeah and uh, with the with the bolster at the back leaning back with the, with the one knee up and a big smile like a classic Prabhupada pose so later I thought that they will never leave there's Prabhupada's blessing no one can leave Prabhupada, even if superficially some devotees appear to leave. But actually, you, Prabhupada's caught us. We can never leave him. He's caught us in the bondage of, bondage of love. So that was Prabhupada's blessing. We can never leave. He won't allow us to leave, even if we try our very best. Prabhupada's caught us. <laughs> Okay, number six. Yeah. Yeah, in, in the Vrindavan section of the festival, Srila Prabhupada was lecturing on the seventh canto of Bhagavatam. And you have to remember in those days it it was different because the Bhagavatam's Prabhupada was translated and we didn't know what was what was in the volumes coming up. Now we know. Seventh Canto, 
Tolad, Hiranyakashipu, Eighth Canto, Mohini Murti, and Bhamana Deva. In those days, we didn't know. So it was very exciting to hear what's, what's coming up, what's the next installment. And those devotees who were serving Prabhupada with his translation, and they, they, they sometimes give us peeks into what's going on in, in the Bhagavatam, what's coming up. So I had I heard that Hare Krishna Maharaj had said that Prabhupada is absorbed in the mood of Prahlad Maharaj and definitely when Prabhupada was giving the classes it was I heard that when I came to Vrindavan and I was hearing all these classes and with that meditation that Prabhupada he's he's completely in the mood of Prahlad of of especially that point of his compassion for all the fallen conditioned souls because we know Prabhupada would quote that often that I don't want to go back without I don't want to go back to Godhead without taking all these fallen souls so uh, it's very fortunate I heard that soon after I came to Vrindavan maybe it was widely known among the devotees that Prabhupada's completely in this mood and then when you heard the class realizing that Prabhupada he is speaking of Prahlad, how he wants to save the conditioned souls, and Prabhupada himself is fully in that fully in that mood of deep compassion. He's he's non different from Prahlad in that sense. He he sees all the conditioned souls and he's feeling suffering himself in his heart and he wants to save everyone and he's he's speaking this to to lift us up. Another point about Prahlad is that uh, Prabhupada quoted this verse when, in, when he came to America in his poem how could I leave Prahlad said how could I leave the service of my spiritual master so Srila Prabhupada's coming to the west and preaching because he had such an intimate bond with his spiritual master that he wanted to serve that mission even apparently giving up Vrindavan he left Vrindavan. How can he leave Vrindavan? How can a pure devotee leave Vrindavan and go to America? Such a horrible place. Prabhupada, when we say it's a horrible place, but when Prabhupada says it's a horrible place, there's a lot more realization. I and mean, we're still thinking how to enjoy it. But Prabhupada, he just, you know, he sees it as horrible because people are so far away from Krishna. And they're, they're they're acting in such a way, to make themselves more and more suffering. So Srila Prabhupada came on the order of his spiritual master, came to the Western world, and he, even though for his own sake he'd be very happy in Vrindavan, but he came because my guru has ordered me, that we find Prabhupada said that, and then out of that intense compassion, and ah. Uh, it's amazing in, in in the modern world we hear about you know, Madhvacharya and Ramanujacharya and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, in India the culture you know, Prabhupada in the middle of you know, skyscrapers and hamburgers and Rajagun, Tamagun and Prabhupada is preaching the, the same message it, it, when we hear the stories of the Acharyas the, the ancient Acharyas it, it seems like it sh should be or only could be in that kind of atmosphere. But 
Prabhupada came to the to the Western world and preached the same message. He wasn't in the Western world. He didn't equate Krishna consciousness with even with India. He saw every jiva as part and parcel of Krishna. Oh, this has gone off. The battery's run down. Um, you want to stop? Are your batteries in? Uh, I don't have. I don't have. Um, could you? Uh, I have a. I have an electric. Is if we have a. How much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. But I, we we'll have to find. Is there one closer? Oh, uh, there. Okay. But um, I I have a converter plug also. Where's? Oh, okay. Oh, this is this is nice meditation. Yeah, stick that right in there. Maybe we need to move this chair over here. Yes. You got it. Is the red light on? Is there any red light? Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. So, yeah, move that over there. Hold the battery on this. Is yeah, move this over there. Yeah, this is a very purifying and enlivening meditation. Yeah. It usually is for everyone. Yeah. Let me do that. Yeah, I remember that uh, with Mangalananda when he started crying and you said, don't worry, you're not the only, you're not the first one. And then you said, right, on, it comes in the in the recording, don't worry, we'll edit it out. Alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the best stuff, yeah. I, I met Mangalananda, I mentioned that to him, and then he started crying again. Ah, yeah. He's, he's a very, very suffer. Yeah. Whenever he thinks of Prabhupada, that mercy upon him, just that, you know, he got, just the fact that Prabhupada called him back, and that that's enough for his whole life. That proper cared for me that much. Okay. Yeah, in in a class. Okay, uh, hold, hold on. Yeah. Okay, and. Yeah. Okay, in a in a class. During that series of lectures in Vrindavan, Prabhupada, he made the point that a mother feels the pain of a child even more than the child does. So, which seems strange. I mean, obviously, physically, the the mother doesn't feel the pain more than the child does. But she's so concerned 
that she, she suffers more than the child does, even if the child is screaming and this and that. So, Prabhupada felt for the conditioned souls, he cared for them more than they care for okay, themselves. Excuse me, yeah. is this a continuation of that? I guess it could go with that, yeah. Okay, hold on, let me change it. Should I say it again? I thought like yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, so um, in, in one of these Prahlad Maharaj classes, Srila Prabhupada said that a mother feels the pain of her child more than the child personally does, which seems impossible because the physical pain that is felt by the child, the mother doesn't directly feel that, but the sense of suffering that, that she loves her child so much that even though the child is physically feeling pain, the, the, the mental pain that the mother feels because the child is so dear to her, she, she actually suffers more than the child does. She's so concerned with the child. So Srila Prabhupada in the same way was so concerned with the condition so they're okay. They're okay. He tells them you're going to. He tells them that you, know, you can become a dog in your next life, and they say, "Oh, great!" And Prabhupada says, "Well, I give you my blessing." But you know, actually, Prabhupada's not blessing them to become a dog. But he's just trying to trying to do whatever he, he he really is actually suffering. We can understand from this. He he actually feels the pain. That we're so dull that we don't feel it ourselves. How Prabhupada feels that we're separated from Krishna. How how can you be like that? He's just trying to wake us up any way, any way. Prabhupada is trying to do that. Mm. Very nice. Excellent. An analogy to bring that into that story about Prabhupada and Prabhupada. Excellent. Okay, uh, someone, uh, chickens cutting in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Srila Prabhupada was talking about, in one lecture, Srila Prabhupada spoke about the cruelty or, or, or how heartless demons can be. And he recounted an incident which I guess you could say it's like an ordinary, everyday kind of incident. But Prabhupada had remembered it all these years from his youth in Calcutta, he saw that one man had cut the throat of a chicken and his son was crying. And the father said to the son, why are you crying? It's, not, it's, it's fun. And probably in the next, I'm just adding my own little thought here, that probably in the next generation the son will is now grown up, will cut the throat of a chicken and say to his son, the parampara of demons goes on in this way. So in this way the father was training his child. Anyway, Prabhupada said, and he just gave this as an example, that how cruel people can be. And Prabhupada said, when he said the word cruel, he just said it maybe five or six or seven times. Cruel, cruel, cruel. He just said it again and again, and each time with more intensity. Prabhupada was feeling that. How can they be so 
ภาคเลยอืม just like that who cares for a chicken who cares for a chicken the proper he saw that he such a nasty attitude and people just take it as normal good hmm Very good. Okay, so the mother was actually the number eight. So number nine. Yeah. Maybe I'll just wrap this up. Ah. Nine and ten go together. Okay. I'll just have a quick look. Festival. Devotees after the morning program and morning prasadam would go out on buses with senior devotees to various places of Krishna's pastimes within the broader Mathura Mandal, the broader area of Vrindavan. And knowledgeable devotees would read from Prabhupada's books or tell of pastimes that were performed there. Now, Srila Prabhupada warned about imitating Haidas Thakur. And as far as I remember, this was the same day that we were scheduled to go to Radha Kunda. So in the class, Prabhupada said that do not think you can imitate Haidas Thakur, that you can just sit and chant like Haidas Thakur. He, said, and he, he spoke quite strongly about that and I heard from devotees at the festival that Prabhupada had said that in a conversation or informally that if you if you think you can become a Babaji at Radha Kunda that you you will just simply eat and sleep and think of women and money and fall down so he was warning the devotees because we could be attracted to that. Hmm. What else did I say? That, that's 10, 11, 12. Well, I like the end comment there. Uh, there are already so many monkeys. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And I found a quote. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so so should I say? Uh, I'll just change angles and then I'll just yeah. cut it. Yeah. Okay, hold on. You ready? Yeah. 
Okay, look at me over here. I, I'll say that again. Shall I, the whole thing? Um, again, in the monkeys thing? Or shall I just add that? Well, I think I can... Is that Deepak he wants to come in? And just uh, stay outside. And I, I don't want to he went away. He just went, he came here, and then he went. He probably wants to come in. He brought it. I think he just drove, go around the castle when he's back, so he's just waiting. Well, if he wants to, he can come in also. And Rather than just hanging around outside. No, he walked out. Was he in the way? He's in the way. He's in the way. Okay. Uh, yeah, Marish, if you can do the whole thing again, that's fine. Then I'll put and in the thing about the monkeys that are yeah, ready. Yeah, that's a classic one. Yeah. And there is evidence for that. The Prophet said that. Okay, look at me. Okay. Uh, yeah, during the Vrindavan section of the festival, after the morning program and after breakfast prasadam, devotees would go out in buses to the various holy places in the broader Vrindavan area and senior devotees would narrate the pastimes that Krishna had performed there and great devotees had performed there. Read from Prabhupada's books. Like this. Prabhupada didn't personally go out with the devotees. Now one morning, I believe it was the morning we were scheduled to go to Radha Kunda. Srila Prabhupada in the class, he spoke very clearly and straightforwardly. and I found it a little shocking in the sense, well, I'll tell you what he said. Prabhupada said, don't think that you can imitate Haridash Thakur and just sit and chant. You have to be active in spiritual life. And I was somewhat shocked by that because I, I, I thought, well, why is Prabhupada saying that? Because, you know, we're not going to leave Prabhupada. <laughs> I was so naive, I guess. But Prabhupada knew that devotees could be attracted into that which might seem good for them, but uh, we should accept that what Prabhupada gives us is good for us, not, we, what, not what we think is good for us. So after the class, I heard that Prabhupada had said something which later I found in the transcribed conversations which supports this that Srila Prabhupada had said that uh, don't think that you can just go and sit at Radha Kund and be a Babaji and just chant because what you'll do you'll just eat and sleep and think of women and money and fall down that women and money means Kanaka uh, Kamani is, is, is a, it's a traditional uh, the standard thing the, the kanak and kamani money and women these are the two causes of fall down for sadhus so uh, and then Prabhupada said there are already enough hogs, dogs and monkeys in Vrindavan <laughs> don't become another one Hare Krishna Very good. There is Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a, during the festival in Vrindavan in 76, there was a big sacrifice. Big means uh, many devotees received initiation. I was sitting there for Brahminical initiation, or what we call second initiation. 
So the whole yarn was going on. It was April, and it was hot. Akshayana uh, Swami is doing the sacrifice. Doing so, sitting in the sun, pouring the ghee, and he's sitting so close. It's so hot. I, I, it seems to me I mostly remember the heat. But one other thing struck me: that the whole thing was going on. Swaha, swaha, swaha. And Prabhupada leans into the microphone and says, "Stop." Oh, you, know, you don't usually stop in the middle of a sacrifice, right? The, the traditional brahmanas wouldn't dream of doing such a thing. So Prabhupada indicated to the to the back of the the area in which we were all sitting, that the courtyard of Krishna Balarama Temple, and Prabhupada indicated there was one young woman with a child on her lap. Child was maybe not more than one and a half or two years old. Prabhupada said, This child has his hand in his mouth. He is contaminating the whole sacrifice. Take him out, wash his hand, and teach him not to put his hand in his mouth. Continue. Swaha, swaha. Prabhupada was concerned. Now, sometimes we think that these rituals, well, they're just some rituals. You just do them somehow or other. But Prabhupada was concerned that there's ritual contamination. It's a ritual and there's ritual contamination. The, the sacrifice, the offering to Vishnu will be impeded. Krishna is not pleased if we don't follow the rules and regulations properly. The sacrifice has certain rules and regulations. We should follow that. We may think, well, it's just a young child. But Young child or whoever it is is contaminating. Prabhupada said, train the child. Don't put your hand in your mouth. Very good. I'm going to change tapes real quick. Okay. And then we'll do number 13. 13 and 14, and that's all. And then some of your own other realizations. Very good. Excellent stuff. You're providing from series. I thank you again. <laughs> Prabhupada is excellent. Are you staying for a while in LA? Or you no, tomorrow morning I'm going to, after class, I'm going to Irvine. Yeah. At midday and then Laguna in the evening mm -hmm. for the class and then Monday to San Diego I'll be there about a week okay. then over to uh, Florida Orlando, Alachua and then to Europe and on to India that's nice to come visit there's a nice congregation down south of course south means? Uh, Laguna, San Diego yeah, yeah, yeah um, Indrajuna Swami came several months ago mm -hmm. and he had a big festival in, in Laguna. He goes to Laguna. Yeah. Uh, of course, a lot of devotees from LA also came down. There was some. Uh, Gorpanima, maybe, something. Mm -hmm. like, they do it every year. Every year he came. Gorpanima? He goes to Not just because he came, but um, it was already a big day of the year. Right, yeah. And they have the, the, the deities there. 
it, it is a different medium. Well, it, it has a different, different effect. A different, a different effect, people, different audience, maybe. Different audience. Some people might yeah. get your books, some might get mine yeah. and not get your books. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the more the merrier. And then, even though I've transcribed all these stories into book form, yeah. I found there's devotees that like to read, they get more from that, they can sit down and yeah. absorb the story and concentrate on it. And others like to see the emotion and feel. Yeah. I like both. I, I read them and watch them. Both. Yeah. So, you know, they have their places, and their effects. And then there's the audio version also. Just MP3s. the audio. Yeah. That's what Indrajuna wanted for, because he travels a lot. You travel. Mm. And he can. There's Deepak again. You can let him in. You can come here. Got some problem in your eye? No. Shield shield shading from the hot so it's 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 some kids? Some kids? How old are they? Seven and a half daughters and five years. Oh, those are good ages. You got about six more years before they're going to start uh, turning on you. Well, you want to get back to India. But maybe there's not that much difference there. <laughs> no. Probably. They're in India? Mm, they are here right now. Oh, okay. But we aspire to go back after three, four years. Mm. Good luck. Okay, where were we? Final Darshan? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Let's see, let's see, uh, let's see what the protocol here is. Were you in the room where he was continuing to translate at that same time? Or? He was lying on the bed in the same room that the bed is there. Mm -hmm. But when you were in taking this darshan, was he pretty much quiet and, and taking rest at that time? Yeah, kirtan, kirtan was going on. Kirtan. And, uh, were you there yeah. when he was continuing to translate and giving no, 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 no. So the purport here in the story is that you really never thought Prabhupada would leave. Mm. Is that correct? Is that mm, the kind yeah. of point you want to make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you can go a little deeper with that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. how he hasn't left, or I don't want to put words in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll say how devotees are talking about it, but for, for myself, and it seemed all these, those I was in contact with, it just, you know, it's just. It just, just didn't register at all. It's mm -hmm. just un literally unthinkable. Mm -hmm. I never, never thought that Prabhupada was actually going to move. 
Well, also maybe, I mean, it's a nice, I, I want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Well, I, I, I have some realization about that which I could add to this also. Okay. That, uh, yeah, I wrote that down. But that would come at the, that would be the maybe 13 or 14 together here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let me go and then, you know, if you like it, you can keep it. If yeah, no, know. well, I want to delve you want to get into your it. Your realization, yeah. something more, a little bit more than you never thought Prabhupada was going to leave. I mean, mm. um, and I, again, I, I'm not going to say anymore, mm. but you know what I'm after. I want your realizations from mm. that experience with Prabhupada, whether it was um, something spiritually you realized from. Well, for example, let me just say one thing. You may have heard the story from um, Abhiram. Mm. who talked about how Prabhupada is a saint, not a god. Mm -hmm. So in that mood, we're thinking, oh, Prabhupada's value is immortal, he's always going to mm -hmm. live forever, which mm -hmm. is not the case. He's in a pure devotee, but in a material body that's mm -hmm. bound by the laws of nature to the extent that... Or apparently that body is... Theologically to, speaking, we know, should say that know, he's... Obviously, the soul is that he's going to go back to Krishna. Mm -hmm. But to think that we were thinking, and I think... What you're saying here is that no one thought problems going to leave. Well, a lot of devotees, yes. a lot of the general, yeah. you know, that he's going to be around, you know, or that he could, being a pure devotee, he could get over that illness, like Brahmananda mentions, and prop, you know, and prophet you fool, you know, don't be impersonal. Yeah. <laughs> but then at other times he said, well, yeah, well, we can talk about that. How sometimes Prabhupada spoke as if he was under the laws of nature, and sometimes. He said, well, Krishna's left it up to me to decide. Yeah. So, it's... Uh, so, all, all I'm asking is just go... Uh, you know, say what you're going to say, and then... We'll see how it comes. Yes, yeah, if it doesn't come up, we'll try to delve a little okay. even, even deeper. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last time I had physical darshan or Srila Prabhupada was in October of 1977. Now, from this vantage point in time, we know Prabhupada left this world in November of 1977. Of course, at that time we didn't. So we didn't know it was going to be the last darshan or any such thing. Uh, I was in Allahabad with the BBT Library Party when our group leader said okay let's go see Prabhupada in the morning he said that and we drove all day and arrived in the evening took a bath and then I believe it was Prabhavishnu Das Brahmachai at that time who I knew from England he uh, just brought us in and uh, I'm surprised you can just go into Prabhupada's presence just like that Kirtan was going on um, Prabhupada is lying, obviously he's lying in his bed and of course we knew that Prabhupada was sick but nothing uh, prepared us or me for seeing Srila Prabhupada so thin. Um, anyone else in that condition 
you you say that well he's going to pass away soon he's but um at least among the devotees I was with, and it seemed to be the general mood, we didn't think that Prabhupada was going to leave. Although some devotees spoke like that, but it just didn't register at all that Prabhupada would leave. Because sometimes Prabhupada would say, Krishna has left it up to me, whether to, if you distribute books I will live forever. Uh, and we heard that through the grapevine. We didn't hear other things like the doctor saying that Prabhupada will only stay for a short time or Srila Prabhupada saying that yes I, I will pass away we, we only heard one side and we presumed that Prabhupada would recover you may say it's foolish or whatever but that's what we thought so yes and on that day Srila Prabhupada was brought some strawberries I believe it was and Prabhupada was going to take them so Prabhupada was sat up in his bed to take strawberries months or maybe years no years later I, I heard that this was actually the first time Prabhupada had anything in maybe weeks or months and Prabhupada started reciting Sharia Ravidya Jal in a very weak voice physically but the same very slowly and quietly but same spiritual authority Sharia and then Prabhupada it's almost like he forgot he was going to eat and he started preaching to all the devotees how the senses are very dangerous they can drag us to hell Prabhupada just started preaching and he was Prabhupada after years of preaching all over the world surrounded by several of his leading disciples in Vrindavan Dham, the topmost abode, which he was, he'd come to this world to bring us to Vrindavan, and here he was talking ABC, spiritual knowledge, we have to control the senses. There's no question of Prabhupada for himself saying, now I have to control my senses while I'm eating. Prabhupada was, he'd stopped eating practically. But uh, he was a teacher spiritual master wanting to speak for our benefit even that all lying on the bed for six months or whatever it was no not six months it was July to November so that's uh, yeah five months so Prabhupada said Krishna has given me the choice he didn't have to lie on the bed all that time in, in apparent suffering difficulty but he did that out of again out of his compassion to teach us and we heard the Prabhupada said that don't think this won't happen to you which when you're young we were mostly all very young and, and we that's the illusion of youth that you don't think it's going to happen to you now Prabhupada's disciple almost well, yes more, well more than 30 years later now we know it's going to happen to us. And Prabhupada very kindly taught us that lesson, how to face the test of leaving the body, which we do many, many times, but every time it's, it's a very difficult test. And this time, Prabhupada is training us, this time, 
fix the mind on Krishna, go to Krishna, don't spoil it. How about as a teacher? Practical example. He took that for us. He took that uh, position of lying on a bed as if incapable just to show us how to be fully fixed in Krishna even in the most unlikely circumstances. He wasn't worried about his body. He just wanted to give Krishna to us. Mm. Wonderful. Excellent. Now, yeah. uh, I have we some... Have, yeah, we don't have to repeat. That was great. I have some general okay. realizations. Good. Um... And naturally, all followers of Srila Prabhupada, whether direct disciples or disciples of disciples, or maybe not taken the step to be a disciple but still considering themselves or connected with Prabhupada, naturally feel, well, I'd like to be with Prabhupada. It's very natural that we want to be with him and see him, hear him. Maybe Prabhupada will say something to us, we have that wish. Uh, but how much we're able to appreciate Srila Prabhupada depends a lot on our consciousness. Many thousands of people saw Srila Prabhupada. Not everyone became his disciple. Among those who became his disciples, some or, or, took it very seriously, others less so. If we're actually sincere or serious or looking for Krishna, then what Prabhupada says to us will make a difference. Some people that Prabhupada spoke to, they, for them it, it, it wasn't a big thing, you know, they just, you see some people met with Prabhupada and, okay, nice, you talk with them maybe for an hour and Okay, they remember that, but they didn't. There was no immediate change of heart. But for those who were really wanting to serve Prabhupada, understand or, or accept him as the representative of Krishna, then even a few small words that Prabhupada said could greatly impact their consciousness. So Srila Prabhupada, for all these memories, and I am, along with everyone else who's been watching this series, I'm very much indebted to you, Siddhan Prabhu. We're all eternally indebted because this is a, a service which will help us in our march towards the eternal realm of Krishna, Prabhupada, pure devotees. So you're giving something very valuable by collecting these memories 
finding devotees, interviewing them, priming them to say what's deeply hidden in their heart they may not even realize themselves. <coughs> we get another, we, we, we get to know Prabhupada more personally through the devotees who personally saw him, spoke with him, heard him. But at the same time, Srila Prabhupada emphasized, if you want to know me, read my books. So, for all these memories, which really round out the books, because the books, they're not theoretical academic books, they're Prabhupada's books, they're living, they are Krishna, they are Radharani, they are Ambarish Maharaj, they are Narad Muni, Prabhupada says, has kindly agreed to appear in the pages of Bhagavatam. So we have Krishna in Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Bhagavad Gita as it is, Prabhupada's Krishna, Prabhupada is giving us Krishna, mainly he said through his books. And yeah, what, what the principles which are described in those books, we saw them practically in Srila Prabhupada. Bhakti Siddhanta Sartako said about his Guru Dev, Gorki Shodas Babaji Maharaj. He said, Bhakti Siddhanta said, I'd heard from Bhakti Thakur and I'd read in the literature about pure devotion. But he said, until I saw my Guru Dev, I didn't believe that it was possible in the modern age for anyone to be like that. And when Pakistan Sarasari Thakur had darshan of Gorki Shatas Babaji Maharaj, then, according to his own version, he got the realization that such pure devotion can exist. And Gorki Shatas Babaji Maharaj told him that you preach this. And so he wanted to make that available to everyone. Srila Prabhupada he made Krishna available to everyone in, in every way that Krishna manifests himself. Srila Prabhupada gave us Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, the holy name of Krishna, the holy dhams. He made devotees and gave us association devotees, gave us of course prasadam, festivals, and in so many ways gave us Krishna, but Principally, he said, through my books, and he himself gave so much importance to his books that you can you can know me, you can know Krishna through these books. So, just like when Prabhupada was personally present, some people met Prabhupada and their whole life changed. Some people met Prabhupada and they just there may be thousands of people in the world who have seen Prabhupada and just didn't even register with them at all, especially in those days when Prabhupada was an unknown sadhu going door to door in Delhi trying to get some donations. Somebody would just you know, give him a rupee and get rid of him. Right? And they may not even know that they came in contact with the, the greatest pure devotee that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sent to raise us all up. And in America also, and Prabhupada was wandering, there was no big name, fame, he was wandering in the streets of New York. Thousands of people must have seen him, but not everyone was in the consciousness by which they could receive him and appreciate him and follow him. So in the same way, uh, Srila Prabhupada is available in the best 
or, or in the way that he said we can access him best or we, we can take his association his guidance and everything he's got to give which means Krishna in the whole spiritual world in his books and that is available as much now as it ever was so in another sense we're not bereft we're not in any worse position in that Prabhupada is not personally present now or that we're not his direct disciple Prabhupada has not cheated those who came later because he is there as his books and he's giving us Krishna through those books but a lot depends on us also on our own consciousness and our our how much we are living atato brahma jignasa to search for the truth to be serious to accept Krishna Prabhupada giving us Krishna but that much we are willing to accept that much Prabhupada will manifest to us and the words that he's spoken and recorded in his books will affect us otherwise if we don't uh, utilize Srila Prabhupada in those, this way Prabhupada said that when he was asked by a journalist that what will happen to this movement after you die Prabhupada said that I will live forever in my books and you, you will utilize them so Prabhupada Use me, Prabhupada said. Utilize me. So, if we don't connect with Prabhupada, if we don't take him as he is giving to us, then we may be, we may be in the uh, in the same situation as someone who saw Prabhupada and didn't appreciate. We sh we can learn to appreciate Srila Prabhupada in his books. That's the gist of what I'm saying here. We we've heard it said many times that Prabhupada is still present as much as we want him to be Srila Prabhupada told us how we can best access him through his books that doesn't mean that nothing else is important because in his books he explains how we have to associate with devotees we have to chant the holy name but our connection with Prabhupada at this time is as he has stressed through his books which means studying them following the instructions in them so let me just ask you one last question. Mm. Um, that was excellent realization. Um, I, I I have another excellent realization. Okay, at least one more. <laughs> if, if you'll let me. So I'll I just see if I agree. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, you will. I'm, sh I, I'm sure you will. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Every morning we sing. Yasya prasadad bhagavat prasado yasya prasadanagati katopi. Dayang stubang tarja yashastri sanyang andegaro shicharanaravinda. By the mercy of the spiritual master, one gets the mercy of Krishna. By his displeasure, nagati katopi. We have no hope. We cannot attain Krishna. Therefore, we should meditate upon him three times daily. That means formally. We should at least formally three times a day. Ah. Now, our moment is very different to what it was when Srila Prabhupada was present. Now we know about so many more devotees in the past, in Prabhupada's God-brothers. Uh, there are many teachings available from the Gauriya Vaishnava and other traditions that were not available 
at that time and it may seem in our wisdom that well maybe you know Prabhupada made some mistakes or Hare Krishna we shouldn't say that but I'm just saying some people say that uh, it, it's very bad taste to say that actually uh, even if there's some technical what could technically be called an error it's just not cultured or proper to even think like that uh, we may have to deal with what appear to be errors but it's no one should say that anyway um, there is a there is or there are many more opportunities to access Krishna in very various ways and various outlooks uh, in some ways the world is more dangerous for us in an if we accept as as I do that myself I, I mean I'm living in India and met many people and exposed to many things um, but I have to I, I, I know that if I'm at all going to go to Krishna it's through Srila Prabhupada and it, I depend on his mercy and that's not to say there are not many great Vaishnavas and their mercy is also you know, Vaishnava Kripa we can't discount that but uh, by Lord Krishna's infinite, infinite mercy he sent Srila Prabhupada out of whose infinite mercy he picked up many many persons myself included Krishna arranged for me to come to Prabhupada and I, I feel safe in Prabhupada's protection and I don't feel that safety anywhere else I know that if I'm with Prabhupada uh, he's going to look after me and that doesn't mean I don't have to do my work it doesn't mean I can take anything for granted but I have a very solid and clear path if I stick with Srila Prabhupada and I, it, it doesn't, just doesn't make any sense for me to even think about going anywhere else although I, I, may, I may go to other places and bow down and respect various devotees but my connection is through Srila Prabhupada mm. yeah. um, let me just ask you one last thing then with that realization which is very good and that's a conviction we should all have actually I don't think you disagree with it oh no <laughs> not at all um, would you say that then, like I talked about before, the qualities of Prabhupada? One, maybe is that is it just Prabhupada's mercy that comes? When to you ask me about which quality of Prabhupada stands out most to me, I can't say. Okay. He really is Gunar Neva. We really say that every day about Krishna. 
that he's taking mercy from the ocean of transcendental qualities. But Srila Prabhupada himself is a great ocean of transcendental qualities and it's uh, it's very difficult for me to say what is his greatest quality. Srila Prabhupada himself writes that among all his qualities, the greatest quality of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is his mercy upon his devotees. So philosophically we can say, and yeah, definitely for us, Prabhupada's mercy is all that we are made of. We can't even begin to understand what is his compassion, what is his brilliance, his intelligence, and his humility, and all the great... Without his mercy, we couldn't even begin to understand any of these things. And then if we can... Again, if we consider what situation we were in, and what he's brought us to, I mean... The situation we are in is—it's uh, it's greater than. I'm not greater than a Rishi or Muni or a great yogi, but Prabhupada has put me in a situation where I—he told us that you—you you have to preach Krishna consciousness, and who are we? Who am I to do that? But He's ordered us to do that. So, Prabhupada's mercy. Yeah, if we, if we have to look at any quality, then His mercy is—that's the foundation of. All of all the other qualities that Prabhupada had from our perspective. Yoga to bichare kichunahi pai tomara karunasha. If if we examine who we are and who Prabhupada is, and then we can say that we are simply made of His mercy. We don't have, and if we just forget that, then again we become mice. Really. Good. So you did have an answer. That's wonderful. You're good? Yeah, you 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 brought it out of me. <laughs> no, you didn't force it. Okay. You 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 knew you knew. I didn't know. Anything else you'd like to say? This rhythm one. Mm. Yeah, there are many things. I'm writing and I and mm -hmm. writing so many things, but there there may be more uh, Next time you come to LA, if there's more that comes out. Well, I I have many things to say, but many of them may be not for this memories okay. like discussing the <coughs> points. Okay. I have my book Jai Shila Prabhupada, and mm -hmm. I, if Krishna wills, I may bring out mm -hmm. more. Also, mm -hmm. writing is my main medium, I guess. Prabhupada told me to write in a dream. Okay. If you take dream memories, then you've got another whole you world. You may have a story from Pita, mm -hmm. which you're going to hear on this, uh -huh, uh -huh. In, in this new volume. That Prabhupada was... I can tell you that if I want. Okay. I don't know how... Well, this was just not many years ago, maybe just three or four years ago. Um, <coughs> I've been writing, for some writing books. Uh, one of my disciples told me before this that... He, Prabhupada had told him in a dream that your spiritual master is writing important, I think he used the word books. Then in a dream, uh, I was walking just behind Srila Prabhupada in a morning walk, which I, don't, I hadn't done physically. I mean, I'd been on one morning walk with Srila Prabhupada, but just at the edge of the group. I never had any interaction with Srila Prabhupada in the morning walk, but in the dream, 
uh, I Prabhupada stopped walking and then I, I, I said to Prabhupada I, I came up from behind and, and rather hesitantly said that Srila Prabhupada I'm writing books and Prabhupada told me very authoritatively you should write philosophical and he emphasized these words philosophical and educational books that was it but it confirmed what I'm already doing and I tell people now all the time Prabhupada told me to write books Hmm. Good. Maybe, yeah. That's great. Hmm. Really good. I'd like to maybe say that again, mm -hmm. but also in connection with your story that you just told, how Prabhupada is within his book, that he's still there for everyone, that it seems like from that dream, or that was a confirmation of your writing, mm. you were already writing before that dream, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that it might be, and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth or say something. But you found something. That it might be a confirmation that Prabhupada is still writing, still writing, still there in your life. Mm. Uh, he's still present because you're thinking of him all the time, so... Well, I wish I was. <laughs> well, more yeah. so than a lot of people. But, I mean, you had obviously a realization from that dream. Yeah. Not only is that a confirmation that you should continue on in that service of writing, mm. uh, but the continuation of the thought that Prabhupada is still present with us, whether it be in the dream, but it, it helped you, whether it, really, well, whether it was Prabhupada or not, Oh, you accepted it yeah, yeah. as Prabhupada and yeah. it was a confirmation not only what you're doing but also that Prabhupada is still present in your life even though he's physically not here Yeah. by your ability to be conscious of Prabhupada I don't know I, I'm kind of yeah, yeah. searching for again a purport to that mm -hmm. to that dream I can say something more that people often say I read your book I like your book and they say about Bhagavad by Bhav, they say it's an excellent book. And I agree with them because, you know, it's not... It, I agree, I mean, which might seem very puffed up, but I, I just don't see that, you know, it's not like I sat down, I'm an author, mm -hmm. I wrote a book, but it's not like that. Bhagavad Gita says, or Thakur, somehow. I never had an idea to write such a book. I just you know, collect a few anecdotes. And, mm -hmm. Well, same thing with this. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it just expanded, and yeah. I, I, I just, for me it was a lot of hard work actually, but it was my service to right. do that, and it, and it manifested. So, uh, yeah, so I agree, I say, yeah, yeah, it's great, it's Bhaktis Dhanasasra, he's great, it's, it's, you know, I, 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 it's my good fortune I became the medium. Exactly, but again, maybe we can... I mean, what you have now mm. is good. I can just use that story on its own. Mm. But it would be nice to have maybe a purport of your realization. I don't know if I should link it with what I say about Prabhupada's books, because then it might come over like I'm trying to say, like, my books are as good as Prabhupada's no, books. Or no, like I don't mean that. I mean the realization. Yeah. What I got from hearing you talking yeah. about your dream yeah. was that 
Prabhupada is still present in your life. Yeah. Even though he's physically not here. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't I didn't feel that anymore after the dream. No, but you've thought obviously this is not the first time you thought about that dream, just right now. Oh yeah. 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 Right? Yeah, yeah. So how is it that you think Prabhupada came to you in that dream? Was it because that you were thinking of going to the movies all the time? Or is it because you're chanting Hare Krishna and you're following Prabhupada's instruction that you were able to perhaps have Prabhupada come into your stuff? I, I, I didn't think about it. I mean, I just take it as Prabhupada's mercy upon me that he confirmed that, what I was already doing. And he specifically said philosophical and educational. Okay, so there you are. You just The, the words philosophical, because I was already writing the books, and I, you know, I, I didn't really have a doubt that I was displeasing Prabhupada or any such thing by doing so. But he emphasized the words philosophical and educational. It's like Prabhupada already knew. Mm -hmm. He emphasized these two words. Right. So, what you just said now is that you say, take it as Prabhupada's mercy. So, the previous story you were talking about Prabhupada's mercy. Mm -hmm. So, whether, any, whether somebody believes that dreams are true or not, mm -hmm. for yourself, just speaking for yourself, mm -hmm. you can take that as Prophet's mercy upon you to confirm your service to him. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Is that true or not? Yeah, yeah, it's a confirmation, yeah. Yeah. So if you can just maybe say that story again about the dream, mm. and then just give me a button. You know, in, in the movie industry is the word button. Mm. That is a period. It's the conclusion of that mm -hmm. experience that you had with your dream. What you got from that dream? Mm -hmm. What you got? You just told me was you saw his Prabhupada's mercy upon you to give you confirmation that what you're doing mm -hmm. is correct and you feel strong and 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 your direction and your service to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm just fishing here. I'm throwing out a line to you. If you don't want to say any more, we can stop right now. Mm. Well, I I can go and see what comes. See what comes. And uh, if it's not, then it's not any better. I'll use the first story as it is. Hmm. Okay. I did write in my Vyasa Puja offering last year that I, I feel Prabhupada, when I'm writing and speaking, I, I feel Prabhupada's energy. Which it should be, because if we say anything else, then it, it should be either be Maya or Prabhupada, right? Then if it's not Prabhupada, then it's Maya. Okay, I guess I should get back to the beginning of this and then come to that. Uh, yeah. Um, yes. Okay, shall I start now? Yes. yes. Okay. Um... <coughs> I'm just thinking how to start this now. Well, you can start it with uh, that you were writing, or no? I, I want to talk a bit about dream tapta a little bit. Okay. All right. Um, <coughs> Many 
devotees and in some cases even non-devotees have reported Srila Prabhupada's instructing them in dreams of course we should be a little careful about this because in general dreams are not as tangible or as verifiable as are actions in this <laughs> supposedly real world that we supposedly live in and of course often dreams are just complete nonsense also um, at the same time Srila Prabhupada said if we, we dream of the spiritual master that's real that's spiritual so I had a I say I had a dream or rather Srila Prabhupada very kindly appeared in a dream of mine a few years ago um, in which in the dream I was on a morning walk with Srila Prabhupada walking just behind me which I'd never done in the so-called real world um, of course where Prabhupada is that's real that's the spiritual world I'd been on a morning walk once with Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada. I was in a quite a large group accompanying him. I was at the edge of the group and Prabhupada didn't speak much. But in this dream, I was walking just behind Srila Prabhupada and Srila Prabhupada stopped and turned around and I said to him, Srila Prabhupada, I'm writing books. And in my consciousness, I knew that Prabhupada already knew that. Uh, and Srila Prabhupada said to me very authoritatively yes you should write philosophical and educational books and he emphasized those two words philosophical and educational which I took to, me, to mean that I should you know, write in serious books and not, not anything frivolous that was a confirmation for me of the service that I was already doing of writing books which some devotees are a bit skeptical about that you know the idea that well Prabhupada wrote the books what need is there to write any more but writing is a form of kirtan and it will go on writing which is forced or you're just trying to say something or promote yourself that's not very good but kirtan glorifying Krishna that must go on unlimitedly. There should be huge libraries of Krishna conscious literature. Devotees, Prabhupada gave in his books the entrance into the, of all spiritual knowledge and all knowledge that human society needs to know. So our devotees, they should gradually rewrite in, with the proper understanding that we've taken from Srila Prabhupada's books, rewrite all of represent philosophy, history, sociology, psychology, every topic. Prabhupada covered them all in his books and taking those seeds, we can, we, we should, we must write so many books. Srila Prabhupada wanted that. So I, I, I took that as a confirmation that I should do that and although I knew that Prabhupada wanted me to write. And when I said I'm writing, 
also writing or speaking it is actually Srila Prabhupada we, we can say quite confidently that it is Srila we may say I'm writing but actually it has to be Srila Prabhupada manifesting through us because if it's not then it's our ego and if it's our ego manifesting then you can just throw it in the garbage with all the millions of other books in the world but if it is Prabhupada and at least I I feel when I'm writing that it is Prabhupada writing and um, or, or Prabhupada speaking through me again that that might sound very puffed up but if it's not Prabhupada and if he can't direct me now then what is the meaning of the spiritual the, the relationship between the Guru and the disciple being eternal if he's not alive now then what is the meaning is it just some imagination that I'm Prabhupada's disciple or is it a living fact if he's not a living fact then we might as well just all become Buddhists or something there's no meaning to anything. It is the only meaningful thing. Guru Moka Padmavarka Chitete Korea Aika Arna Kore Homane Asha. That's an eternal fact of, of every second of our existence. So, yeah, we, sh we should write and speak and, and be Krishna conscious as whatever level we can we can be on and speak what Prabhupada spoke and that as Prabhupada said you you what you've heard from me you you present it in your own words according to the need of the audience so there may be so many books written for Prabhupada wanted his sounds right for scientists for philosophers for children so Krishna and Prabhupada will inspire devotees in different ways just like he's inspiring you to do this film series he's inspiring devotees in different ways so we shouldn't think that because the devotee is there's some realization I'm not just trying to I'm not just trying to blow my own horn here but if a devotee is serving Krishna by speaking or writing or filming or cooking or doing pujari service if they're doing it in a wonderful way, we can understand that, well, Prabhupada, at least within our ISKCON, Prabhupada is working through them and see Prabhupada in them. That, that, that Srila Prabhupada did everything. He, he did every service. Any service that any one of us is doing, Prabhupada did it. So the disciple is supposed to expand the mission of the Guru so, so many of us are specializing in various ways and Prabhupada's acting through them and inspiring them and guiding them. So as much as we catch that mercy, Srila Prabhupada will give it profusely. Why should it not be? And again, if we do it egoistically, then it's all useless. But if it's if we're praying to Prabhupada, Krishna to please help us to serve them then Krishna will help us so that's my realization about writing and, and speaking that it's we have to become instruments in whatever we're doing and, and everyone experiences this that Prabhupada will it's his energy manifesting in us as he himself said make me a puppet so we have to learn that from him we can become his puppet
perfect. Mm. And I want to finish, and I have just enough tape here, just in case I decide when I'm editing that I have the choice here. Even though I have your story from Vrindavan about your second initiation and mm. morning, afternoon, tell me that one just so I have it. Okay, it might come out better again. Do you like that? No, no. Well, no, it came out great before. Yeah. And people might criticize, if I do put it on again, people might criticize, oh, you're, oh, that's, I already heard that story. But it's my series, no one else is financing this, so right, right, give right. me the uh, yeah. opportunity to either use it or not use it again. Right. So, tell me that okay. story. All right. Uh, in Vrindavan, I sat in the sacrifice for my uh, dominical initiation, and quite quite a lot of devotees took brahminical initiation so um, Prabhupada was just saying a few every day he wanted to give everyone individually that was again his great mercy he's writing books he's managing a whole big movement but he wanted to each individual disciple to personally give them the Gayatri Mantra which is very considerate of him and for like myself, it was the only time I had to be personally with Prabhupada. And then I blew it. Such a fool. So, uh, let me see. Yeah, so we were waiting day after that. I think it was about five days later. I was waiting outside. We wait outside Prabhupada's room all morning. And then we get to, you know, someone was going ahead. I was thinking, going to be the next one. No, and then the next one. No, and then. And just, just at maybe on the fifth day later, then Pushta Krishna said, Pushta Krishna Maharaj, he said, no more today. And he must have seen how disappointed I looked. He said, okay, come in, one last one. He told me, take off these, I had these Radha Kunda beads on, these black earth beads. He said, take them off, probably doesn't like them. So I went in and offered my obeisances. And previous to this, for some day, a good friend of mine, we used to go on book distribution together in England, Satyavan Prabhu. He he told me he'd heard something from Hari Bhakti Vilas about how you have to, all these details about how you chant the Gayatri Mantra, you have to do it at a certain fixed time, especially within the Sunday, the, in the morning, noon, and evening. It's not just any time. You have to stand facing this way and sit facing this way and this and that. And uh, I thought this was all, you know, far out, you know. So I asked Prabhupada about that. And maybe show off my great knowledge to Prabhupada or something like that. Some thought like that. So uh, then Prabhupada, he had me sit down and raise your arm and everything I was just doing all wrong, you know. I which typically happens when you think you're going to show yourself how great you are to the spiritual master. So everything I was doing wrong, put my arm up and it was in the wrong way, and eventually got the the, uh, the thread on, and then Robert gave me the sheet, and he had me repeat word after word, and I thought I was great at pronouncing Sanskrit. Robert was correcting me two or three times on every word, and then after short time he just gave up because he probably thought I was completely useless at pronouncing the Sanskrit so he went through it all and told me he chanted morning, noon and evening and then he said do you have any questions so yeah, yeah I got my question I, I, so Prabhupada is there any uh, exact time that we should chant I said morning, noon and evening 
sounded surprised because he just told us. And then again I asked, I said, well, Prabhupada, you know, it's not like any really fixed, specific, I can't, I'm just paraphrasing, what is it? Because I, I was wanting Prabhupada to tell me, yes, actually you should tell you like, you know, 24 minutes before the sunrise and 24 minutes, and I was going to ask about putting a thumb in this direction and thumb in that direction, and ask all these technical questions. Prabhupada just looked at me and said, he said, already told me twice now, morning, noon, and evening. What a fool I am. I just offered a big and that was it. Such a fool. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good job. Now, of course, when I eventually put this together, uh, I would like to give you a complimentary copy. Um, so I'll need your email address and you can tell me where you are at that time. You know my email address? Oh yes, that's in your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll ask you find out where you are and I'll mail it. But it's India's rough. I've had some I tell you what, you could get it to Mahatatma. Okay. You know Mahat, right? He was here from LA for some time. He's uh-huh. T P in San Diego. Uh-huh. If you can get it to him, then let him work out how to get it to okay. You can send to me like in FedEx. It might be, so, you know, it might be. FedEx is, I feel more secure. It might be. I, a, I can send it by FedEx. I get really good It might be a year or something before you get all this together, right? Or Would more. It, be a year? it might be because. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know, it's just like writing a book. You know, you, you, yeah, people so think, okay, yeah, 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 you must be finished now, right? And yeah. Yeah, yeah, almost finished. And yeah. then 24 years later. Yeah, you know better. The book comes out. You know more better than a lot of devotees understand the process. It's a lot of work. So yeah, thank you, thank you for doing this. Very, very good. Let me get the mic. There you up here. I never thought I'd do this because I thought I wrote the book and that's it. Good. No, I'm glad you thought of it. No, you thought of it. I didn't think No, but you thought to ask me to do it. Um, yeah, tracking down Prabhupada disciples. Um, there, there are quite a few in India who you probably haven't interviewed. Mm-hmm. Yashomati Nanda? Yeah, I got him. You did? Yeah. Because he spent quite a lot of time with Prabhupada, both yeah. in America and in India. Yeah. Uh, and I interviewed him in my house here in LA. I see, okay. Basu Ghosh, I personally interviewed and got his memories of Prabhupada. But I'm sure he's got more, but. Yeah. I interviewed him in Mayapur. And um, I'm pleased to send Basu Ghosh. I'm thinking of the right Like big body, with glasses. Yeah, kind of here from New York, right? Isn't he from, New from Chicago. From Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. similar battle. Yeah. He's in Baltimore right now. He's going to come back to LA. I, to be honest with you, I didn't get many. Maybe I, my direction wasn't very. Well, good. he's difficult to keep on track. He talks yeah. and goes off on all kinds of yeah of directions. <laughs> but I I I interviewed him for about two hours. Oh. Okay. And we we got lots of interesting stuff like like background information about India. Oh, about oh, okay. So yeah. the whole thing was quite interesting. Uh-huh. 
But then sometimes, you know, I'm just talking with him and then he'll just say something, yeah, Prabhupada said this, you know, oh, this yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't come out line- in a linear way, right, it just right, comes right. out when it comes out. Right. Uh, in Vrindavan there are, of course, so many Prabhupada disciples. Uh, you know that. Who else there in India? Bhanu Swami, I might interview him myself. Bhanu Swami, he had associated my association. Well, he was in Surat in 1970 or something. He was in that group that, that went to Surat. Oh, uh-huh, okay, sure. So he's very quiet. He doesn't open up on these kind of things much. Okay. Yeah, I can ask others also. I know he's Shiva wrong, but he didn't have much. Yeah, he didn't have. Rajendranandan Nanda Swami was Rajendra Kumar. He had quite a lot of associated family. He was the temple commander in Vrindavan at one point. Hmm. So he told me a few things all about. I, but he's very difficult. His accent is very difficult to understand if you're uh-huh. used to it. But I'll, I'll interview him if I can, if I get a chance. In, he's in Chennai most of the time now. So there are a few here and there. Mm-hmm. Well, there are quite a lot of, quite a few Prabhupada disciples. Someone should interview Prabhupada Nanda about his whole life because he's so expressive and. Well, he's on a tape and not much. Yeah, his whole life is you know, quite colorful <laughs> in all kinds of ways. <laughs> yeah, but he's great on the. He, he's like very camera friendly, right? Oh yeah, I interviewed him in uh, Sydney. In Sydney or Melbourne. But his whole life, I mean, before he came to Krishna consciousness, he was hanging out with people like oh, Andy, yeah. Andy Warhol. Yeah. That's another series. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be just like. A, that would be Did another series. Did you ever see a video of in Hollywood? Yeah, that was very popular and, until. <laughs> something. You made that, I don't know. Yeah, that was, that was a big hit. Oh, yeah. But New York never worked, huh? Babananda in New oh, York. Broadway? Babananda on Broadway, is that yeah. what it's called? It yeah. didn't, didn't, didn't hit like It wasn't time. as popular, but um, I don't I think, shh, I don't know how much time after that uh, all hell things happened. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but, uh, I think it was well edited, well produced, of course. Well shot. Did you do that whole film? Uh huh. Did you uh, interview Hari Shauri? I mean, he, he's got yeah. that. He's, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's done a couple, couple DVDs. There are so many devotees. Them all? You, yeah, but he could have okay, done I got a lot of devotees that have left. Sudama. Oh, Upendra. There's a story going around that Prabhupada told Upendra to stick with one boy. Did he tell you that? To stick with one boy. Boy. Homosexual relationship. This, I heard this after Upendra passed away. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I have to know. That's why I also don't know if it's true. Yeah, I wouldn't repeat that one. <laughs> it's being cited now as a, you know, as a, as evidence for gay monogamy. Mm-hmm. But where did it come from? I just, as you mentioned, Upendra, I asked about that. Yeah. Um, Ani Oh yeah, I saw Ani He's yeah. good, huh? What about Gamada from the old, old days? Oh yeah, I just saw him on uh, Yadavar's DVD. Um, Gargamoni you interviewed, but you could interview him again. He's probably, you know, if you dig down in his memories, he must have lots of stuff. 
Yeah. Brahmananda, phew, how much has he got? Yeah. But they they may not remember just like the things no, I they don't. A lot of them they don't. They need to be hypnotized. <laughs> like the things I'm telling you, they're just like very small incidents and it's it's like the you know mm-hmm. it's it's the talk that goes with it that fills it up. But with like Brahmananda and Gagamuni they have lots of very Well what I found um, I've been doing this since 91, so 19 years, that devotees like Kirtanananda, for example, Brahmananda, they were with Prabhupada so much that it, a lot of it merged. But when you were with Prabhupada, when I was with Prabhupada, it was like three, four times, and those times, because they were so few, they stand out more. You know, It's like when you're living with your parents, what do you remember? All those years, yeah. Although so much happened, but because it was non-stop, you know, but we tend to remember more our grandparents if we only had, at least for me, you know, I'll visit them in summertime or the, you know, holidays, whatever. Oh, I remember, you know, then those times immediately come up, you know, so that's what I found. That that's way. interesting. You actually get more from those who had less. Exactly. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. And it takes just more digging, like you say, to get those more. Pragosh? Pragosh? Um, I don't have Pragosh. He'd be a good one. Yeah, he's a. He's a. He's a. He's a problem. Yeah, and he's uh, an enlivening, enlivening, and enlivened speaker. Yeah, and a handsome fellow too. Well, he's getting old now. Oh, I haven't seen him. <laughs> hmm? You saw him recently? Pragosh. Mm-hmm. Now the uh, GBC Pragosh is more famous. When you say Pragosh, people you think of the uh, the GBC. Yeah, no, when I think of Pragosh, book distributor. Book distributor. Is he in New York? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of uh, who died under it now? He's always. I have him. He tells him this. Story. Oh yeah, yeah. I I I refer to him in my uh, Vyasa Puja offering this year. Who died now? Yeah, about touching Prabhupada's feet. Yeah. He's like that was my whole offering was about touching Prabhupada's feet. Uh-huh. How to get that mercy? He got it. I did right, it. that's true. Because he wanted it so much. How did you know that story? Told you. Uh, it came up in Yadupa's series, I believe it was. Mr. Denderson, you say merges. <laughs> we have some overlapping stories. Is Bhagavan on your series? He must yes, be. yes. Yes, I, I can't remember him. Yeah. Number 19. Uh-huh. Paradvaj. Yes, he's on there. Rukmini's on there. Who else is there Shemini. in India? There, there, I, I could tell you the, the different type of disciples in India who are hanging out. Uh, Jagannath Charam. I don't know how much association he has, but it might be valuable, whatever it is. I met a disciple of Prabhupada. She's probably passed away now. She's an old woman. This was about 20 years ago. I should have told her maybe because she won't tell it. 
She said that she invited Prabhupada over to her house for lunch prasadam. Her name was Devaki. In India? Yeah, in Bombay. She lived close to Chogu. Uh-huh. Ooh, yes, that is all. I'll tell you the story. Yeah, tell me. Uh, and then she called Prabhupada over. Well, she just said that... Uh, well, the, only, the comment that she made just struck me because she's a very simple woman. Uh-huh. She said that Prabhupada liked to eat. I can't remember that. Did you remember that said that sometime? Yeah. What was it? Yeah, he liked to eat nice prasad and mm. just it struck me when she said that because she's just a very simple woman. I, I somehow it's just not clicking with me now, but it really clicked when she, it really made an impression on me when she said uh, that. And she cooked for him and she cooked for him and she said Prabhupada liked to eat and he relished prasad. He relished prasad and She's very simple. Yeah. Well, the Prakriti's, she had some good stories. Yeah, sure. Yeah, really. Then, uh, who else is there? Previously, in, there's Ananda Sri Matsya Avatar, he's, did you ever interview him? His story of how he came to Krishna consciousness. Latin? No, he's Italian. Italian. Yeah. His story of how he came to Krishna consciousness. What was it? He went to India, then he went to some, into the Himalayas, he met some sadhu and he said, you're your gurus in Vrindavan, Bhaktivedanta Sram. Mm-hmm. And then he, he was a big business, he was at that time, he was famous in Italy, oh. as a furniture designer. Oh, I see. So he went to Vrindavan, Prabhupada initiated him. There's I like Bhaktivedanta Swami's uh, stories, you remember his? Yeah, his first guru, and he said, I'm not your guru. Same thing, huh? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, now you tell me, I do. Um, yeah, there, there are quite a few devotees hanging out in uh, Germany, Italy, yeah. Switzerland. There's Kidandi, Trai, in Italy, Kidandi, Trai, Madhu Sevita, there's Madhu Sevita's wife, uh, Vaibhav, uh, Durgama, Dayanithi. Is there one aspect of financing this myself? Yeah, it's not so easy, huh? It's not easy. Airfare, I mean, just... Bhakti Maharaswami wanted me to come to Canada mm. to interview Canadian devotees. Mm. Like he said, well, you got a whole DVD on Australian devotees. Why don't you have a DVD on Canadian devotees? Mm. I go, okay. Uh, and then I looked online and I got it. It's like $600 just to fly. You know? With all this equipment, must be, they'll charge you. Yeah, they got to charge you more for the carrying of stuff. So, like, all right, now what am I going to have to do? What job am I going to have to do to create $600 to get an airline. Hari Prabhu just spoke to me yesterday. He said yeah. that he was talking about Kirti, Mati, Sammataji, and Shahrukh. She had some memory of Prabhupada, some realization. Did you interview yeah. her? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Hari Lasya, yeah. number six. Maybe you could... Uh, Where is she at? In Seattle. Oh, okay. Maybe you could ask Hari Lasya to get you up to Seattle. There you go. Just up the border to... 
just over the border to Vancouver, which is one edge of Canada. It's a hell of a long way to Toronto. <laughs> you, to, you could fly him around? Uh, I have exhausted my passes for this year. Is it? You work for the airline? Which one? US. US? All right, next year. And they wanted me to come out to Toronto. January 1st, I guess they have an, an annual prop on festival, which is really ideal for yeah. my series to present prop on when they're having a prop on festival, as opposed to Gorpadim or John right, right, or right. the Acha, which is, you know, it's like a different kind of energy move. But it's January 1 in Canada. It's <laughs> freezing there, isn't it? So I'm thinking, am I in this body, so I don't know if I can tolerate Toronto. Well, it's being endorsed 99% of the time, right? Yeah, that's true. I'm just thinking of myself. Just don't want to get sick, that's all. Yeah. Then you can't operate. Yeah, it'd be pretty cold. Drone pants coming? Yes, yeah, he's on a tape number 15. Okay. I, I won't say that. I'm dead, but. Uh, I won't say anything more about the American devotees. In Europe, India, Southeast Asia, there's Gormandal Gumi, East Asia, there's Yashamati Sutra. Yeah, catch them while you can. Yeah, well, LA has been a, a real gold mine for me because a lot of devotees like yourself pass through, yeah. pass through on their way one place or another. And so it's, you know, Krishna's, I mean, I grew up here since I was two. So I kind of feel like home anyway, but it seems like it's an ideal place for this service because the opportunity, the Buddhists come here, I don't spend as much money yeah. traveling to come. But I've been, I've gone to Fiji, got interviews there. I've been to India, I've been to uh, England, uh, Latra, of course. Um, Mayapur, Vrindavan, um, Australia. So they I paid for you to go down to Australia? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah I did. It was, I think, Korma's Prabhupada Festival back in the day. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Or I did Melbourne and Sydney, so I had a lot of good interviews from there. Of course, San Diego, San Berkeley, I've traveled, um, Guru Das up in San Francisco. Um, New York, went there to get some interviews. Yogeshwar, Prajunya. Prajunya. Yeah. So I have spent some money on, not his airline, but somebody's paid uh, some money on it. Not a really good personality, you say, like Yogeshwar, Prajunya. I mean, a really exceptional personality. Yeah. Very smart people, good storytellers, you know, a lot of information to pass along. I think the best, very special people, huh? Oh, yeah. Definitely power. Yogeshwar's favorite one that he tells is. Uh, He's got a lot of good stories. A lot of good stories. One that comes to mind is he said to Prof, 